Hi, I'm Allison Howell, and you're listening to The Trunk Show, where I talk to event rental professionals about the industry, leading businesses, and all the rental adventures they've had along the way. The show is brought to you by RW Elephant, mighty inventory management software designed to help you conquer the chaos in your event rental business and reclaim your creativity because the world needs more of the beautiful events and environments you create. This special episode is a live recording from 2020's London Gather Conference where I sat down with Aaron Steed to discuss his moving company that's really built just as much for his employees as for his customers. You'll get to hear more about London Gather in this episode, plus Aaron knows how to load and unload a truck better than anyone I know. Enjoy! My name is Aaron Steed. I'm the co-founder of Meathead Movers and Mini Storage. We're a student-athlete moving company with five offices in uh, Central and Southern California, and we have three storage facilities, and we're the ultimate job for the student-athlete working their way through school. The ultimate job. That's cool. How did you get started? We got started because our parents didn't give us any money. So, yeah, I was wrestling. My brother was playing football, so we needed to figure out a way to make money while going to school and playing sports. And being athletic, a lot of our friends' parents would ask us to help them, and we would do it. And the deal was they'd rent the truck, we'd provide the labor, and they'd pay us whatever they thought we were worth. And then after a couple dozen jobs, we kept hearing about how this was the best moving experience they ever had, and that how comfortable they felt with us. And I enjoyed the workout and being able to work, uh, set my own hours. And it seemed like there was a really big problem of having uh, quality moving services with people you can trust. So what happened next? How did you turn it from like a side gig to a full-fledged business? Yeah, well, we've been doing it for 23 years. So there's been a lots of peaks and valleys. And if it weren't for being able to get through those hard times, we wouldn't be where we're at today 23 years ago. Can, can you tell us about one of those times when you felt like you were sort of on the edge there? Like, when did you come to the edge and what did you do? Yeah, so one year our workers' comp rates went up five times. Whew. Yeah, and this is when we were a much smaller business. Uh, I remember we had $75,000 in the bank. We had a $40,000 payroll coming up in three days. And we had to uh, come up with uh, just under $100,000 an additional week or so in order to make our premium for our workers' comp insurance policy. And if we didn't have workers' comp, then we couldn't operate. And not having a line of credit, uh, no safety net whatsoever. And thank God we didn't have any dependents at the time, no mortgage. We had to lay off eight of our 13 administrative employees, go down the list of every single vendor that we had, renegotiate terms, and let them know, hey, if you stick with me, I'll stick with you. Mm-hmm. But you'll get paid, but it's going to be a while. We were so poor, we had to cancel our fresh water subscription to the office. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, it was difficult, but we got through it. And, um, and thank goodness we did, because we harnessed a lot of those experiences and completely changed how we run our business. And now we're the safest moving company for moving companies of our size which has then led us to not have workplace injuries and eventually become self-insured like we are now, which has given us a huge competitive advantage in the market because our cost structure is so much less than typical moving companies. So sometimes the greatest challenges can turn into the greatest blessings if you um, harness it right. We came really, really close to losing our business to what seemed like insurmountable cash flow issues for, for one reason or another. But luckily, there's a lot of purpose behind what we do. 
there's a lot of meaning as to why we do what we do. And I feel like we've been able to harness that grit and get through the hard times. So tell me what is important to you. Are those core values? Are those like innate things in you? Is that something you and your brother sat down and, and wrote down? Or is yeah. it something that you just say to yourselves over and over as sure, a mantra? Sure, yeah, and no, I'll be specific. Number one, providing the ultimate job for the student athlete, mm-hmm. uh, working their way through school in pursuit of their own American dream. I remember what it's like not feeling invested in, struggling to make ends meet. So this job is the perfect job for that because we work around the school athletic schedule our employees get paid to work out, and we have a program that leaves them better than where they come in. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, it sounds corny, but I really do feel like when someone hires meathead movers, uh, we are saving the day from having our clients experience a moving horror story. And mm-hmm. with us, our clients are guaranteed a collegiate, clean-cut, drug-free student-athlete moving experience. So it's a totally different level of experience our clients get than uh, when hiring a typical moving company. And then lastly, we have found out, we have found a really, really meaningful way to give back to the communities that we serve um, by reacting to a problem, which was uh, periodically we'd get calls when we first started of, Uh, Primarily women looking to flee their abusive relationships. And I remember talking to them on the phones, telling me stories of, hey, my abuser is going to be coming home. Uh, He's on a business trip. This is my opportunity to get me and my kids out. Will you Mm -hmm. help? I don't have money, but I can pay you in lieu of, you know, a TV or an entertainment center. And we'd say, no, it's okay. We'll just go ahead and do it for free. Yeah. And then we kept doing those moves and doing those moves for free until we found ourselves in a situation where the guy came home and it got contentious. Um, I remember he accused us of stealing and the cops ended up getting called. And uh, luckily we were able to make it out of that situation and everyone was safe, but we realized there's a lot of domestic violence in the communities that we serve. Being a professional mover, we're in a very unique position to be able to help people in that pivotal time And we decided from that moment, we're going to uh, partner with our local domestic violence shelter, tell them we're willing to offer unlimited free moving services to help victims of domestic violence get out of their uh, homes for free. And now 23 years later, we offer that to nine different shelters throughout Central and Southern California and do hundreds of these moves every single year. And we're really proud of it and it feels really good. Yeah, well, and I imagine your employees feel like they're not just working for a typical moving company. They're really invested in a cause. Yeah, and there's and you bring up a good point where uh, a lot of times it's just the business owner writing checks, feeling the good feelings of, of giving back. But when you figure out a way to incorporate your business into giving back, then you're involving everybody. Like our movers are actually picking up the items and getting them into a safe situation. The salespeople are coordinating, knowing that they're making a difference and that they are helping quarterback this transition. Yeah, but it seems like you're also bringing awareness to the issue, um, which seems important because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you've built a mentorship program that just happens to be a moving company. Is, Is that a good characterization? Yeah, well, I think a lot of people in the audience can relate to the fact that it's hard 
to create value for your employees in order to keep them enthusiastically wanting to continue to work uh, for doing entry-level work. Yeah. And uh, when we first started the business, we had no problem attracting and retaining people because it was really cool. Everyone was my own age. And now, you know, uh, I'm in a different stage in life than most of my employees. And the, our, our job is, uh, is compared to other jobs in the industry. Right. And then I started thinking, you know, why do people donate their summers to go work at internships? Mm-hmm. It's because they believe that they're going to gain the experiences that are going to make them more marketable, that they're going to have, be more resourceful going into the job place, and they're ultimately going to be more successful. Now, a lot of people don't realize this looking from the outside into the moving industry, but our employees get an incredible, and the drivers and delivery workers in this audience have an incredible opportunity to, one, drive commercial vehicles. Right to be able to problem solve in high stress situations, mm-hmm. to explain and execute legal contracts, to become mentally and physically stronger. And a lot of the drivers become managers who are then managing other people. And if you have management experience, that can set a different trajectory for your uh, employment moving on in life. Right. So uh, knowing and understanding the value proposition we provide to our employees and how they can harness that if we can help them connect the dots to their future goal, it's snapped. We have we we need to tell our story better to our employees, and we need to help them dream and visualize what their future looks like. So, for example, if we have someone who wants to work for us, we ask every single person, "What's your goal five to ten years out?" In your in five to ten years out, right. and let's say it's to become a firefighter. We'll mm-hmm. say, "Great." Uh, you're going to love this job because you're going to get commercial driving experience. You're going to become mentally and physically stronger, and you're going to problem solve in high stress situations. So, if they're looking to become a firefighter, or if they're looking to uh, become an architect or an attorney or something of that nature, we will call the hiring manager and try to help them get their job. It's called employee encouraged turnover. And if anyone in the audience wants to Google encouraged turnover, meathead movers. You'll see some articles published on it um, because I, I believe that's really been one of the X factors that has helped our company grow to over 750 people. In addition, we explain and show them how to document their job experiences on a resume. So if you say, I worked at meathead movers, and say they're and they go and they move away and they go to try to get a job and they have moving experience working on meathead movers. The hiring manager is going to say, "Who cares? You right. worked at a moving company, you so moved what?" Boxes. But if you can say, "I worked at Meathead Movers, the largest independent moving company in California. Mm-hmm. I was promoted five different times. Within two years, I managed eighty different people." and moved 150 people, and my success rate was, say, 97%. We'll print out their customer service report cards for them. We have that capacity to show a kind of service. The average job that we do, we transport $20,000 worth of goods. So 20,000 times 150, is that 3 million? <laughs> I think it's 3 million. 
They, but if you say, I was responsible for transporting $3 million worth of items. Right. All of a sudden, you're viewing that person a little bit different, right? Right. If they can quantify it, and you're really teaching them how to quantify that. Yes. So we literally have training programs on how to quantify their experiences working at Meathead Movers. And that's very similar for the people in this room. Yeah, it's interesting because I think a problem people in the event rental industry face a lot is the turnover or the prospect of turnover for their delivery crews. And it's kind of scary, especially, you know, if they have seasonal needs. But it seems like you've taken that problem and turned it into a benefit in your business. So instead of saying, this is something we're going to face, it's like, oh, look, this is something that we can really leverage. Yeah, harness the adversity, you know. Yeah. Um, So what do you... What do you hope for the future of your employees? You've talked about sort of sending them off and shepherding them onto their next job. What's the strategy there? I believe the uh, owner's job is to provide uh, clarity, strategy, and accountability for the team. So in light of providing uh, clarity for your team, there's two paths you can go on when working at Meathead Movers. Number one, your own successful career goal path. We get clear five, 10 years out, what do you want to be? And every six months, we revisit that so we know how to interact and how to work with you. Or two, do you want to help us open up another office? And there are two paths, typically. Either it's the sales route or the operations route. And we're proud to promote from within. Hmm. Um, So we get clear with them, where do they want to go? And it's an ongoing conversation. And not only do we help them get that job, but we also have a barbecue celebrating when they get that job. And then when someone goes on to become successful, uh, they have the opportunity to earn a spot into our Hall of Fame, which uh, gets a new inductee every year and that we make a big deal of and is also on our website. We're trying to become like an institution as the ultimate stepping stone job for the student athlete. Well, and I mean, I was going to ask, how do you find people? But it seems like with all those things, they find you. That's another beautiful thing about intrinsically trying to create value for your employees. If they feel it, if they know it, they're going to uh, spread it and share it. I am so impressed that you have people who live what you believe. I think that it's so rare or so difficult, I think, as a small business owner to get people to buy in. You know, I, I think we can talk all day long about our own core values or what we truly believe or what our aspirations are, but... I mean, do you think it's just repetition? Do you think it's consistency on your part? Do you think that it's because you've been doing this 23 years? Like, help us understand the secret sauce. Thank you for that question. It's humbling. (laughs) But I think um, early on, my brother and I wanted to design Meathead Movers uh, to be in every major college town across America. So therefore, we structured it as if it was a franchise, even though we're not a franchise. So systems are important to us. It's important to have someone who's good at building systems, good at building processes. Um, there's a book, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. It's called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And I'll summarize it in one sentence, work on your business, not in your business. And if you're willing to take one day a week to work on your systems and processes um, and put templates in place and standard operational procedures and to create that level of consistency. Right. Interesting. Um, So you've 
You've talked about your hiring and training process, and you've talked about the sort of handoff. I'm sorry, tell me again what you called it. Encouraged turnover. Encouraged turnover. Wow. Um, it's a very different perspective to looking at your organization. Do you, did that always happen, or was there a shift? No, this, is, this has been a work in progress, and I would say pain is what has inspired most of this. Pain from breaking things, pain from miscommunications, not showing up to jobs when we were supposed to. How do we not ever do that again? So harness that pain, set aside a day, and document this stuff. It's not complicated. It really isn't. Now, if a meathead could figure it out, <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. It, 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 it really, it, it, it does take discipline, though. It does take discipline. What are you most proud of accomplishing through your business? Mm. That's a hard question. You can give more than yeah. one answer. I, yeah, I don't, we won't I, limit I don't you. Know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd, say, I, I'd say making a difference, having the autonomy to uh, donate and to hire and to explore business opportunities, to take whatever time off to, you know, to, to, have, to, have, to have the freedom to try to understand, like, if I have a strong energy current within myself, really wanting to develop or focus on something, I have the freedom to be able to do that. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't have a successful business. And that's an absolute blessing. And I didn't always have that. Mm. Um, how do you feel like being an entrepreneur has changed you personally? Oh, it forces you to take a good hard look at yourself. You know, I've been I've been arrogant, I've been humbled, I've been on top of the world, I've been crying to bankers. <laughs> you know, like it is such it, you're you're signing up to bet on yourself, and the harder you're willing to take a look at yourself, the better you and your team are going to do. If you're stuck in your ways and you're closed-minded, you're going to be left behind. So tell us a little bit more about your sales process, your sales strategy. It seems like moving's a pretty competitive industry. So I bet people are price shopping all the time or, hey, I'm just calling to get a quote. Like, how do they even know what they're, look, like, how do they know how to shop for you? Number one, I do not care what my competitors charge at all. When we go into a new market, I don't price shop. I don't care. Zero. Um, Good for you. Yeah, it, it does, <laughs> I it, wish it, we all could be so brave. No, no, and 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 I'll and I'll explain why I think we should. Um, because what our customers think they want when we're talking to them on the phone when they're trying to book a moving job is one: Are you available? Number two: um, uh, What's the price? And number three, do I have like a good feeling about you? Hmm. Fast forward two weeks, what they actually care about on move day and what they're going to tell their friends and family about their meathead experience is how did they feel around our employees? How did our equipment look like? Did we break anything or did we not break anything? Uh, was, there, was there any really funny, great moments or was there something really, really bad that happened? It's all about the experience that they have. It's not about your availability or your price. Right. They'll talk about the price after the fact if they feel surprised. Mm 
mm-hmm. or if they feel bait and switched. Right. But if you bring your clients through a process of understanding what they're concerned about and how we're going to solve it, and then uh, and, and don't surprise them on the price, and you and if you're if you're confident in delivering truly a great service, then um, I, I I I'd rather do that than be the same as you know the thousands of other moving companies that we compete against. Right. Can you explain more of what you mean by not surprise them on the price? Sure. So in our business, you get a minimum, and a, we define the scope of work. You know, mm-hmm. so we would get an inventory of everything, one way or another. We get an inventory, and then we'd give a not to exceed uh, for to do that job, which is based upon an estimated hours for the uh, the employees and the trucks that we're going to have and the supplies. And then there's a minimum for the minimum amount of hours, and then there's a maximum for the maximum amount of hours. And then if we end up taking longer than the maximum amount, we don't charge the client more for that. Um, and it usually falls like somewhere like kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Meathead has done some moves for event rental businesses. I'm just wondering how you've developed some of those relationships and how other event rental businesses can, like what they should be looking for when they're looking for moving companies to partner with. I think if I owned an event rental company and I wanted to have a moving company partner, um, I'd, it's important to understand a few things. Number one, moving companies are usually their busiest on the weekends and Fridays. Right. Bummer. <laughs> you know, uh, two, they need direction. You know, don't expect it just to be outsourced just because it's a, a local moving brand. Sure. I think you need to know and understand. Uh, uh, they'll they'll need they'll need help with implementing. Right. You, you know, and the thing is, mo- moving companies are, are are going to tend to want to do their bread and butter first, which is doing local moves, and it's going to be hard to get them to be enthusiastic to do early morning or late night jobs. And sure. a lot of times they'll be going into overtime to accommodate that. Um, and I don't think you guys are going to want to do that unless you can get like a real special then, uh, relationship going where everything's really, really clear. But then the question is how much business can you really give them and how sustainable it, you know, is it? Um, it depends on what you're looking for. I don't know if that's a good answer. No, that's helpful. You know, it would have to take a really special relationship to be able to partner with a moving company, given the fact that a lot of the work is weekends, nights, and there's a lot of overlap in the kind of busyness. Absolutely. And if you're going to look to hire some movers for your business, there's a couple of things that you can do, I think, to really try to attract them. One, what we talked about, creating the, the value of understanding their goals and reverse engineer it. But two, maybe create some incentives. Like, what if things don't get broken or damaged? What if they're on time for 30 times in a row? Something of that nature. And then not just have your hourly rate, but what are some other incentives you can provide? And then average what that employer would get paid plus incentives. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there are some obvious crossovers between the moving industry and event rentals, but um, just just to make sure that our audience really feels like you know what they're talking about and what they go through, do you have any horror stories or nightmares you want to share? Oh, my goodness. All I can say is some of our customers are crazy. <laughs> we had a customer in Orange County during the summer. 
who wanted us to uh, move her pet crow. Who has a crow? And I don't even care if she sees this online because, like, <laughs> I don't want to move you either. <laughs> but, all right, first of all, who has a pet crow? And it was in, like, it was in a really big cage. And somehow this request got to me because no one knew what to do. And then, so across my table, I said, no, we're not going to move a crow and have it die in our, in our truck. What's wrong with these people? And then, uh, so then we, so I didn't hear anything of it. And then I guess the crew ended up going back to lunch, or ended up going to lunch. We came back to the job site, and the crow was not in the cage. So the crew moved the cage, and we didn't really, I guess they didn't really think anything of it. Uh, loaded everything into the truck. We drove over to the destination, unloaded. And as we're unloading the truck, there's a little, uh, you know, a, a beak was popping out oh of the box. Gosh. And the box is shaking. And our crew member would, didn't really know what to do. The beak, like, broke the skin of one of our mover's fingers. So we had to take him to the little health clinic to get stitched up. And from a crow injury. From, from, from a crow injury. Please tell me he has a scar so he can tell the story. I, I, I think so. Oh. I, th I think so. Yeah. So, it, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's... That's a nutty one. Yeah, we've moved hoarder situations. We've moved uh, celebrities, people who think they're famous. They're the worst. If anyone <laughs> wants, oh, I have 50,000 Instagram followers. Shut up. We don't care. <laughs> Go away. You're the biggest pain in the ass customer and you're not that important. And no, you're not going to get a discount. <laughs> Raise your hand if you feel me on that one. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's rooms, like, no. The room has their hands raised. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, so event rental businesses do a, a lot of what you do. Part of your secret sauce is that you're hiring student athletes who are super motivated <clears throat> with a fail-proof system. But I'm wondering if you can share any other tips or tricks or tools of the trade with us about warehouse organization or the world's best dollies or lifting techniques or other insider secrets. Hmm. What I can tell you is I think it's time well spent getting trained on how to train your drivers on your trucks for a couple of reasons. We put everyone through, it's called Smith Systems. It's what I believe FedEx puts their drivers through. And it's a, it trains you on how to be a trainer for your truck drivers. Now, if you do that, you're going to, and you train your drivers, it's gonna take a couple hours. You're gonna to get to know your drivers better. They're gonna get trained on how to drive the trucks better. And that's, that's what keeps me at up at night. That's our biggest liability is someone gets in a vehicle accident and hurts themselves or, or others. And you're either gonna pay now or later. You know, mm -hmm. you're preventative maintenance or, or, or you're gonna be reacting to possibly a vehicle accident. And then uh, a, a few other tips that I do have actually is pad wrap from the bottom up. A lot of times when people are moving furniture, they'll just put a moving blanket like on top of the chair and then what's exposed? The little feet, right? Mm -hmm. And then what gets stinged up? The little feet. So instead, lay down the moving pad on the floor, put the chair on top of the pad, wrap it, then shrink wrap the pad, and then put a pad on top. You're going to use more pads, yes, but you're not... Uh, 
it, it's going to save you money in maintenance and handyman services. I, I think I think down the road. Another tip is get felt pads for under the feet of all of your furniture because if you scratch a floor, raise your hand if you've scratched a floor for your customers and if you've been held accountable to paying for it. It's very expensive. It's rare. It's under $1,500. Another thing that's important is make sure um, the moving blankets are clean. If they, if moving pads get thrown on the ground and then put back on furniture, thrown on the ground and then put back on furniture, um, you can get what's called fine garnish scratches, especially for like dining room tables or something, where because pads are absorbent, and then if you pat, put it down on a piece of furniture and then you put a piece of furniture on top of that piece of furniture, and then the road vibration in the truck, it can it, your pads can actually scratch the furniture. They become so, sandpaper. Totally, yeah. So wow. I hope that's helpful. Those are those are really helpful okay. tips yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, we're gonna go ahead and take some questions from our audience. So if you have a question, raise your hand and we'll bring you a microphone. My name is Danielle and I'm from Gather and Lounge. How do you keep moving blankets off the floor? How do I what? Keep moving blankets off the floor. Oh, we have a sacrifice pad. What's a sacrifice pad? A sacrifice <laughs> pad is you lay down one pad and then you throw down all the pad and then you fold as you go. So you take a pad off, you fold it, and then you lay it down. So yeah, you have one sacrifice okay. pad. So you know which like one's that. the sacrifice because all the others are folded? That's right. Hi, I'm Jacqueline from Collected & Co. Um, so we have a college in our town and hiring student athletes. How do you handle them being like uber afraid of getting hurt and then they're going to be in trouble with school? Hmm. I don't think... They're really afraid of, I, we haven't experienced that, uh, of them being afraid getting hurt working for us. Okay. And part of our promise is we're going to keep them safe, you know, and our track record substantiates that. We expand the job description so they don't just have to move heavy furniture, get paid. We'll pay them to go do marketing or to do warehouse work or wash trucks, anything. Um, we're because we're self-insured, we're and, and because we don't want to hurt our employees, we want to keep them. We want them to get stronger. We we really uh, 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 I, I think try to create an environment where they're not going to get hurt, and we don't want them to do anything where they could potentially get hurt. Yeah. Totally understand. I have okay. Part two: How do you get your guys to really care about your clients' pieces? but also move faster because I feel like when I talk to, and I don't manage our delivery guys, but when I do, I think I scare the living who knows what out of them uh -huh. because then they move very slow because they're worried they're going to hit something or mm. ding a table. Yeah, that's a good question. So a few things. Number one, uh, there are incentive programs where they get paid more when things don't get broken or damaged. There's also incentive programs if they receive high customer service ratings on the post-job survey. So there's uh, some metrics there. But culturally, if we have one guy that's careless and breaking things, it kind of screws up the tip potential for the crew at the end of the day. And it also like messes up the relationship we have with the customer. So I know that's not totally similar to your business, but I wonder if there could be some potential crossovers where there could, any time where you can create that peer pressure to deliver a great service, I wonder if there's a way you can 
kind of created on your own because that, that's really powerful because they're, they're going to they're gonna try to make their coworker more happy than they are their boss sometimes, if, especially if they know you really need them. Morgan from Paisley and Jade. Obviously, at this point, you have people referring their friends and people they know, but do you have any advice for anybody who wants to get into hiring athletic college people and how to go about like getting in the door there? Yeah, I, I would say uh, getting clear on the value that you have to offer them, you know, uh, part-time schedules, um, the opportunity to move up within the organization, get paid to work out, management experience, good pay. If there's incentives that you have, incorporate those incentives in the pay uh, and develop the relationships and walk in and uh, ask, do you have any, uh, do you have any uh, athletes or any uh, students or anyone within your circle that is looking for a really great job where they can gain these skills or have a job that, that it will allow them to, you know, do that. Just get clear on what your messaging is. But don't just talk about moving because that's, that's not fun or sexy. Talk about the things that are fun and sexy. Hi, Beth Helmstetter, Beth Helmstetter Events. I just want to add on to yours. We actually also hire student athletes to support us at event days. We have relationships with the coaches of the teams. Yes. So that's how we've found them over the years. And he contacts us every season to see if we have work for him. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, you're solving a problem for them. Thank you for following up on that question because that, that's, that's what we do too, for sure. I'm Jenica from Psychology for Photographers. I love how you described how you talk about the benefits to potential employees and benefits to them personally. And I wondered if you could talk about the other side of that, which is how do you assess attitude in potential employees? So we have something called the service pillars. Um, I, I stayed at a really great resort in Cabo one time. And at the end of my stay there, I asked the general manager, I'm like, how the heck did you do this? This is the most unbelievable experience I've ever had in my entire life as far as customer service goes. It was over the top. And uh, he and I was fortunate enough where he spent two hours uh, sitting with me saying, you know, most businesses get clear on their values and their mission statement, but that's really for the executives and the business owners to guide their decisions and whatnot. But our employees, what they have is their service pillars. And their service pillars is what they live and breathe, and it's what they get judged on. And it is what our employer views on. It is there's a card within there's a card within their wallet that talks about the the service pillars. He's breaking out and his wallet, people. Here's mine, and here's and here's mine right here. So this is a metal card, and each of our employees have this. And on the back is our service pillars, and our service pillars says interest, attitude, tone of voice, action, and body language. And our movers judge and grade each other on how good of a job they are or are not doing it. It's in our hiring process. It's in our training programs. It's in our review process. This emblem of our service pillars is in on our shirts. It's on posters. It's in our memos. We have meetings once a month, and we review one service pillar and give an example of it. Uh, Every, in detail every single month, we read Yelp reviews and we discuss what service pillar was or was not embodied and why. 
And it's something for our movers to own. This is what they are owning is them upholding their interest in their customer, their tone of voice, their body language, their attitude. And it's something that we all get clear and we all agree on. We're going to crush it as a team when we're interacting with our clients about these things. And this is going to be our code of conduct. This is going to be our common vocabulary when we're interacting with each other. And I give all of my employees the permission to hold me accountable to it as well. So it goes both ways. Did I hear you say that you have your employees evaluate each other? And if so, could you tell me more about that process? Yeah, the first 20 jobs, there's a cross-evaluation where there's the service pillar and one through five, how do they go about upholding each of the service pillars? And that gets documented and then averaged. And then there's a meeting with the, man, with the operations manager and our new employee to discuss how their peers felt about them on their first 20 jobs. A big thanks to Aaron for giving us a new perspective. Check out the show notes to find links to his website and Instagram. And be sure to click the link to join the RW Elephant mailing list if you haven't already. And now, please enjoy Aaron's reluctant lightning round in front of a live audience. He did great. Um, Sole proprietorship, LLC, S-Corp, Offshore Dummy Corporation. Yeah, so Meathead is an S-Corp, and then we have uh, a bunch of LLCs. Great. For our storages. A business book you'd recommend? All-time favorite book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Ooh. I've read it so many times. Um, do you practice so all seven? No. I need to do better. <laughs> I need to definitely do better. But, I mean, that's, that's time-tested principles right there. It's gold. Who inspires you? Mm. I'd say my fiancé, mm. mostly, because of how she treats people and how people treat her. Um, and then, yeah, that's what's coming to my brain. Wow. That, that's a good answer, okay. especially since she's in the room. Yeah, no, it's totally, yeah. Are your personal values different than those of your company? No, and that's why I love my company so much. Three things outside of work you love to do. Jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Travel and jiu-jitsu. Got it. Okay, final question. What do you enjoy most about your entrepreneurial adventure? The freedom. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. The freedom, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Thank you, and thank you, everybody. You can hear more talks like this one at the next Lend and Gather conference. Get the details on upcoming conferences at lendandgather.com. We've also dropped a link in our show notes. And as always, I thank you for listening to The Trunk Show brought to you by RW Elephant. I'm your host, Allison Howell. Happy renting. Happy renting.